Are you a musician interested in improving your performance? Welcome to Notes on Jazz. I'm your host, Keith Davis. If you want to learn more about jazz improvisation, harmony, and composition, or just want to improve your piano skills, this is the place for you. We'll be hosting interviews with fellow musicians, offering tips and techniques on study and practice, and lots of other cool stuff. Whatever instrument you play, or if you're a vocalist, you will find something helpful and interesting here. So come hang out with us at Notes on Jazz. I'm here with an old friend of mine, Satoshi Takeshi. Satoshi and I went to Berkeley together back in 1982, and uh, we've, we've been friends ever since. And um, Satoshi's in New York. He's been in New York for a long time, playing with lots of great people and doing his own projects. And uh, I'm real excited to have him here as a guest today. Hi, Satoshi. Thank How's it going? Thank you, Keith. And hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, did you really had to say about the, the year that we were studying? I mean... <laughs> Oh, I mean, I meant, I meant two thousand two. That sounds very old. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's better, right? Anyway, good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. It's great. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, well, as you know, this is a new project for me, and you're, I think, the about maybe third, fourth, or fifth interview. I can't remember which one I've done, but uh, it's been really interesting so far, having a wide variety of people. And, yeah, uh, great. And. Um, I'm really interested to talk with you. So, um, well, like I said, we we met each other in uh, back in nineteen uh, two thousand twelve, wasn't it? Back <laughs> exactly. at Berkeley. Yeah, exactly. We played together during that short period of time quite a bit, and then you came down to Georgia and stayed with me and my family for a little while, and we That's right. played some gigs famously at the Macon Hilton in Georgia. Oh my God! Yes, and then uh, some other interesting things. But uh, since that time, uh, we haven't seen much of each other, but I've sort of kept track of you, and I've, I know you've done a lot of really interesting things, and yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing about it here today. So. Yeah. But I want to start by asking you about your background. Can you tell mm -hmm. me, I know you're from Japan, but can you tell me a little bit more about how you got started in music and why you got interested in jazz and whatever you call it, whatever we call it that today? Yeah, of course. So, yeah, I mean, I started... Uh, in the marching band, actually, the brass band in school, you know, playing playing for the baseball game and and all that, you know, school events. And I was just playing uh, snare drum, sometimes bass drum, not the whole drum set. And then, you know, the school, like all the kids wanted to play rock rock music, and you know, so I was invited to play like a drum set uh, to play, you know, music of. Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, Cream, all the rock, Doobie Brothers, Allman Brothers. Yeah. Uh, remember we talked about uh, Allman Brothers when yeah. we were in Macon? Absolutely. You know, <clears throat> so those yeah. were the, the music that I actually grew up with. I didn't really grow up listening to jazz. You know, jazz was something um, a little bit out of reach at that time of my life. Yeah. So, but you know, as 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 I got you know better at playing like rock music, um, by the time I got to the high school, the end of the high school, I I was pretty sure that uh, you know this the music playing music was something that I wanted to do for my rest of my life. Yeah. So when when I made that decision, um, I was like, okay, if this is gonna be my my main uh, profession, I really need to study. I can't just, you know, I, that was kind of my own take of what what it takes 
to become a professional, you know, whatever the whatever the uh, category you are working on. And so I start le- started looking for music school, and of course, I mean, there's a few school jazz school in in uh, um, in Tokyo, Japan area. I'm from a small town, so there's no school at all uh, in, in you know in such a category. So I look started uh, looking for few school jazz schools, and then I don't know what point. Uh, of course, the Berkeley College of Music was, you know, one of the most famous jazz school. You know, yeah. even even somebody like me knew about it, but I was like, no, there's no way I'm gonna go there. Or you know, it's. Just, because of many things, I mean, the, I thought the level, I was not ready to basically, you know, be in such a school. Yeah. And another thing is a language, you know, the English yeah. language. But more I thought about it, and I went to see a couple schools in, in Tokyo, and, you know, some famous people came out of there. And But after looking at all this school, I thought, like, why, why, you know, why do I stop here? You know, why do I... Um, not compromise, but what you know, if I wanted to really learn this music, I think I, you know, I, I, I think I should go to the best school, you know, which was available at the moment. So, anyway, uh, I did, I did an audition, but I just sent all the papers and and be, you know, prepared myself. Actually, I took like a summer course from this Japanese jazz school just so yeah. I can prepare myself, for, you know, yeah. about the harmony and ear training and the basic stuff, you know, nothing serious because I knew I, I read the curriculum, the Berkeley College of Music and then what, you know, what kind of, you know, uh, classes are there. And so I prepared a little bit myself. And then I, when I got to the Boston, you know, I just the whole uh the you know learning process in the school started but i i have to tell you like first semester uh i took uh i took the the performance major and the first semester you know i got so much books i had to buy so many books which was fine but for the drum set i you know i i had to buy so many you know books and then uh, you know those are great books, you know. Everybody knows if you're a drummer, you know these stick controls and sure. all this stuff that you know. It's it's very basic stuff. But the thing was, like teacher, I, I uh, that just basically told me, okay, you know, you do page one to ten, and see you next week. And this is a process. You know, this is a practice you do. And I, to me, that was like, okay, is this gonna be the process of learning you know like teacher gives you the material you do just like a homework and go back to next week and then teacher will you know either criticize you or help you but to me i don't know there's something about that way of teaching and then learning from the teachers um i questioned that yeah i wasn't sure exactly what i was looking for but i kind of knew that that's that was not exactly what I wanted to, to, to do. You know, as far as learning goes, the learning, or, or or learning from the masters or, or the teachers, somehow to me it was you know more personal thing. You know, yes. and this felt very academic. Very, I mean, which is of course it's an academic school, yes. so they have a system already built in, 
and then you know the teachers basically follows the system because it is a you know it is a efficient system I think as far as the school goes. And I think the other problem is they they all have so many students that it's hard right. to give individual attention to. Individual that is very yeah. That is very true. Yeah. How Unless can someone you be... really stands out, like then maybe that maybe once you know that teacher for a while and they get to know you, exactly, you can progress to that level if they have if they have that ability and if they are willing to to do that. Yeah. Exactly. Willing and able to do that. So, right. So what I did was okay. The first semester, I I you know. I, it. But the second semester, I just kind of stopped taking uh, like private drum lessons or any kind of drum lessons. You know, I mean, I still took arranging and ear training. Those are very uh, useful for me. But, you know, as far as the drum set goes, I kind of stopped taking any classes and then I just concentrated on, on playing, performing, performing with other people, other students. Oh, like ensemble classes, and those are much, much um, more informative for me. Just playing by playing, you learn. Yes, you know, you, like intuitively in a way. Yes. But then you know, there's always uh, you hit a wall. You know, like because you try to do you know whatever you think it's good for you. Yes. And so I don't remember which semester, but like I think maybe the time that I met you, I realized that I actually I needed a teacher for a very specific thing, you know, which was uh, using the brushes. Like, you know, I didn't, I have no idea, I had no idea how to use brushes. And then that something, that was something that I really needed somebody to show me and then guide me and mm -hmm. teach me, you know. So... I went to Joe Hunt. Joe Hunt was, uh, I, I think that at that, mom that moment I chose him because he was kind of famous for this brushwork, which was great, you know. So I went to, to him and I said, Joe, I don't want to learn anything else but brushes. Teach me <laughs> just brushes because this is what I need, you know. And somehow he understood, like, okay, this kid, up very, you know, he knows exactly what he wants. You know, so he really helped me actually. Like all the other kids in the class, I mean, they had to go to a class, so they were there. Like, okay, the brush lessons like boring, you know. But I was the only one like who were like, okay, I want to learn this, you know. So Joe was like actually happy that you know uh, that there was a kid who really wanted this particular thing, you know, yeah, <laughs> nothing <great>. else. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that was a lady, lady, I, I met Joe, like, much, years, years later, while, while I was playing with somebody else, and then Joe came out. So I told him about this experience, you know, I had Joe, you know, you are the only teacher who I had, uh, you know, actually got something out of Berkeley, you know, as far as the drum set goes, you know. So he was very, you know, he was very happy, and you know, he he and me, we it, that became actually a very personal thing, yeah. because he he really care about, I think, my progress, like how you doing, and then one day we were talking about you know Elvin, and how he used the brushes, and somehow I don't know why, but I I really liked, I don't know how I got to that recording, but I you know I took it to Joe and then. You know, you know. Uh, of course, just uh, yeah. I mean, this is the guy's, you know, 
the guy's drum god, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but then we had an argument because I had I thought Elbin was really clean in a way, but the way I said was like he plays, you know. To me, it was like his mind. He he knew exactly what he wanted to play, and then he played it. You know, that's what I meant by clean, like clean. Yeah. You know, your from your thought right. to the 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 instruments right. it was so straight and so clear to me. Yeah. And then Joe was like, "No, man, help me! It's dirty." You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, that was kind of like. But we had those kind of argument, like about drummers, yeah. like you know. And we, I think I remember he was the only, he was the first one who kind of had that kind of you know uh, gave me that relationship a very personal way of learning music from someone you yeah. know someone yeah. who cares about you you know absolutely I think yeah. that's very insightful um, yeah and, you know, I've told you before this is a lot of the focus of this podcast is for young people who are learning about jazz right. So, I'm glad we right. had this conversation right off the bat because I think yeah. it's important for young people to hear. I mean, you need to learn fundamentals. You have to learn fundamentals, you know? Yeah, of course. But it also helps to, at some point, um, some of those things you can do yourself, some you might need help with, but as right. you play, you find start to find out what it is you need and what you need help with, right? Exactly. And if you can get a teacher who becomes like a mentor, that's right. that's really ideal. You know? Yeah. All you need is one, one person that who really cares about you you know about knowing what you want to do understand yeah. what you want to do and guide you in a way that not you know not um you know not competitive you know it's like it's a it's a it's a transmission of knowledge right at the music Absolutely. you know you 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 pass from one generation to the other Absolutely. you know yeah. something that is so precious and so um you know, there's something about that that knowledge that you can't really put into a paper, or you can't really put into a word. You know, but by interacting with teachers like that, you know, like this this thing about arguing about somebody like Elbing or arguing about anybody, you know, or arguing about the music. You know, what you think? You know, I think this way. No, that's not right. You know, like simple things like that. But you really get to know a person. You know. I think it's very helpful. It's essential, yeah. actually. Hmm? Yeah, I think. Yeah, one of the thing about the academic academic uh, world is, you know, I think it's a kind of reverse. Um, the order is reverse. Uh, the order of learning. I mean, of course, the academic system is, like I said before, it is very efficient. I mean, it's built on years of years of research and studies. They come up with a system like, okay, this is the best way and quickest way for somebody to teach a student and to right. get, you know. However, I think, especially in, in you know, in, in the field of art, like, you know, music, performing art. Performing, performing art, yeah, performing art is something something different like you know there's something intangible about uh these knowledges and so when you try to actually put those intangible knowledge into a word or system or notation system. or yeah something gets lost you know you know yeah. unless you are very clear the teacher is very clear that 
this is only to be looked at these inform these these uh, informations is only to be looked at knowing that this is only a guide right. it's not the final final uh goal for you to just follow the books or follow the system you know but it's just a guide for you to find your own way to learn you know learn about these things that you can't really put the hands on you know and then that is a very fundamental learning uh or uh, let's say indian music you know indian music they not, in that matter i think japanese music too you know i think the the masters teachers they won't let you touch an instrument unless you understand what is what is it that you are trying to do here you know it's not about learning the instruments definitely not or it's not about learning the you know raga and tala and the, the system you know, unless you're a scholar, unless you're a musicologist, you know, that's different. But if you're perform, performing art, and if you're interested to play music, playing an instruments, you know, these teachers from uh, like Indian music tradition or Japanese music tradition, first, you have to learn about the music, not the instruments. You have to know what the melody is, what the rhythm is, what it does, what uh, effect it does. And then you have to quietly listen. Yes. And then until you, you know, you get it, okay, this is what you were trying to achieve, you know. Absolutely. And then you can start touching the instruments slowly, slowly. And then you know by the time you touch an instrument, you know exactly what you're shooting for, you know. So it's very... Uh, it's the opposite way of, uh, like, I would say, Western uh, music, you know, systems such as jazz. I mean, they will let you play the instruments. They will go through the mechanics of the instruments. They will go through mechanics of your physical right. thing. You know, you don't need to know the music. You can just right. learn this mechanic and then follow the written materials. You know where the C is. You know where the A is. And if you play those notes... You know, I mean, not not all the instruments are like that, of course. But in case of piano, you just push a button. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, I, I, yeah. but then it's the sound note is there. You know, I mean, there's of course there's so much more than that. But yeah. I'm just saying, it's easy. Uh, yeah, I can this. I can play this. I can play Bach. I I can play you know, without knowing the depths of that yeah. music itself. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think kind of kind of interesting uh interesting thing to 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 look at it too like where where do you want to start how do you want to start learning and right. you know you have to know what point in your life what level you are you know as a performing artist right now and then what you need to do next you know to become better you know you know, Frank and I, Frank, our mutual friend, Frank Kimbrough, who you yeah. knew a long time, much more, long, longer than I did, actually. But he and I had an interesting conversation about this one time. And he said he finally realized that jazz is folk music. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he didn't go into explaining what that meant. But since mm -hmm. I heard that from him several years ago, five or six years ago, I've thought about that a lot. And I think it has a lot to do with what you're saying. I think folk music means that it's a, it's a cultural thing. It's part of, it's a social thing and a cultural thing where older, older musicians pass their knowledge down to younger musicians. Mm -hmm. 
and you learn by playing but with people and having older musicians give you, you know, you could call it lessons, but I would call it like suggestions and, and um, you know, ideas about um, how to think about what you're doing. And, you know, of course, maybe some technical things on your instrument. I mean, everybody needs help with that at some point. Yeah. But, um, but I think it's part, I think it means that it's like a, it's a cultural thing. This, this mm -hmm. music that this music of jazz has its own culture. And part of that culture is we learn by listening and we learn by having, uh, like you said, transmission of knowledge from older mm -hmm. musicians, more experienced. Right. So right. Musicians. And then yeah. having a chance to all play together and, and get some live suggestions or live critique or, you know, I know that's how I learned was by playing, you know, mm -hmm. I, mean, I had, t I had a good teacher too, but I mean the, how you really learn is like you said, by playing and playing. Right. With right. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's great. That was really, uh, I think that's, that's a really good discussion for, um, especially for young musicians to hear. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you about some of your, your own experience of playing music. I know, um, back when we were at Berkeley together and we were playing together, you were really interested in Latin music. Hmm. You actually ended up going to South America right. for a while because you wanted to play Latin music. And I know right. that since that period of time, you've played with some of the masters of Latin music as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those are, uh, I think, depends on, you know, where you are in your life. Yeah. Um, your interest, yeah, you know, sure. changes. I mean, some people doesn't never shift from, you know, bebop or whatever, just kind of like stay sure. in one course and then you know forever but me i think it's something to do with my own cultural background like i'm japanese and then why am i playing jazz music and yeah. you know like all this music there's so many other music i was interested in as well yeah. not just uh jazz but you know some of the contemporary classical music of course rock music you know because that's the kind of music that i started with and i started listening to this old world music like folk music from you know all around the world i remember when i was in boston i don't even know if you remember this used record store between the mass ab and the boylston building there's a really nice used record store so I go there every day, you know, <laughs> and then you just kind of look for whatever, I mean, sometimes I just look for a great, you know, LP jacket that looked amazing, you yeah. know, or something that I never heard of, like, what is this, you know, like, most of those are like a folk music from different parts of the world. Yeah. So I always had that. I always had uh, uh, interest in different type of music. Um and you know latin music was of course one of uh you know one of those uh, uh categories but uh one great thing class that i remember at berkeley was i don't know what it, it was called it was something like music appreciation or something or, or something like that i don't know if if that's the correct name but anyway the teacher suggested that every one of the student brings the music from your own culture. Uh, yeah. Because we had a lot of international students. Sure. You know, so every week, like, you know, every it, it was like a kind of like a little demonstration. Like, you know, somebody from, from you know, Brazil and, you know, come and then play this music. And then, you know, if they cannot play, they will play that, you know, 
the recordings or some 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 people just play for you you know yeah and that was really actually great class and now i think about it you know you can actually get to because that was the first time in my life i heard brazilian drama plays samba nice. you know, like in front of me yeah you know? well, and that's that's yeah. very different from just okay you know i knew what samba was you know i mean from the recording but my god it's like this guy you know with one hand and one stick basically played the whole samba you wow. know yeah and that was like shocking to me like yeah. oh my god you know this yeah. is another another rhythm than you know bebop <laughs> yeah, <sure>. <laughs> or rock <laughs> right. you know i mean i think those those are the things that that's that was actually i remember that moment that I, that's when i decided i really want to go to south america yeah. and learn learn brazilian music but i mean besides from that it's just my interest towards other music just kept going and yes i went to south america i never got to brazil the interesting thing is i was going to go to brazil and i ended up in colombia by accident and then i end up staying there by you know for four years instead of going to uh, brazil because i discovered just like this i discovered brazilian music you know when i was in colombia i discovered the music that i've never heard before the rhythms that yeah. i never heard before and the drummers that i never seen before you know and that was like oh, okay forget brazil i i can just <laughs> i can just stay here and then learn about this music that nobody knows yeah. you know which is more interesting to me because everybody knew cuban music and brazilian music yeah. you know because it was a part of the school you know yeah. program too yeah. but the colombian music you know nobody knows about it you know so i was like great you know i'm gonna learn this you know so that was like uh, yeah one of the uh the first experience for me to get out of uh, get out. well I mean first experience is to come into America I think yeah. you know it's going to the different culture and learn about the music from that culture different from you this is another uh, important uh, process that I recommend for any student who is learning if you have opportunity to go out and experience another culture eat food that you never ate you know you know be in an environment that you have no idea what people are talking about <laughs> the language that you don't know the customs that you don't know the sound that you never heard yeah. you know it's it's not the same thing as sitting in front of the computer and then looking at the youtube about all the world now you can get information about every kind of music you know right. in just sitting in front of the computer but right. that's I have to say that would be a very different experience once you meet somebody and who produce that sound in front of you. That will change your your eardrum. You, that will change your brain. You know how you perceive, how you how you. I mean, we talk about the transmission of the knowledge. This is the dialect transmission of knowledge by sitting in front of the somebody who plays music that you never heard of there's there's nothing better than that you know whether you like gonna like or not but you know yes. you know that is up to you i mean you know how open you are you know you may not be like well i'm not interested in that you know but it's a curiosity of like people who can make music 
out of something that you never thought it's possible or something like that, you know? Or even like, you know, guitar, take a guitar and then, you know, every culture, the guitar player from every culture plays differently. Sure, sure. It's not the same thing. Same with the drums, you know, same with the woodwind, you know, everything, you know? It's just, it's a different approach, different, different uh, knowledge that they possess, you know, with those instruments. So when you have an opportunity to experience that, that will go beyond any academic study, I would say. Yeah. You know, so if you, that is, that is one of the, the biggest suggestion that I will, I, I can give it to a, a student who is, you know, who is learning, who is in the learning process. That's great. It's important to learn your, 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 you know, your tools, your instruments, of course, but, you know, experience of hearing something like that is, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, I, I, oh. I deviated from my, no, my thing, okay. but, that's you know, great. but, yeah, that was my experience in, in Colombia. And then, um, you know, it didn't really matter what, because, you know, again, when you find something interesting, you know, and then your your mind is open to, or the curiosity, you know, the curious, you know, that is, that's what led me to all these paths. You know, after Colombia, I came back to um, uh, US, but I studied like Arabic music that, then. I mean, it's like, and then after that, I, I studied, you know, a little more Indian music because I, I went to see an Indian concert, you know, and then I never heard yeah. that music in person. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn tabra, you know, I mean, yeah. but those things. And then after that, you know, it, it just goes on and on. Sure. I never stopped and I, when I, you know, finally I came back to New York, I started going to this Arabic restaurant every week. So I had the best Arabic, Turkish, Armenian musicians playing. Wow. I mean, it was just unbelievable. When do you get to see the best, you know, yeah. those musicians playing, you know, in a setting that was just kind of almost like in their country, you know? So, so I, I also study those music. And so those are very uh, uh, important time of, of my life, and and I accumulated all this knowledge. And then, of course, jazz. I mean, so, you know, maybe somebody noticed, like, okay, wait a minute, what happened to jazz? <laughs> I went to Berkeley. Yeah, yeah. What happened to jazz? You know, what happened yeah, yeah. to Elvin? What happened to brushes? Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so that's, that's interesting. It took me, I would say, Colombia, four years, and then I, I came back to Miami. So it took almost six to eight years after Berkeley. Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, me and Keith, we yeah. we played, and whenever we played, we really tried to play this music, uh, jazz, like as open as possible. Yeah. Right. Because that was kind of our concept, no? Right, like, sure. let's do a piano trio, but not like, not like a lounge piano trio, yeah. but more open, you know. Yeah. I mean, of course, the Keith Jarrett and you know yeah, yeah. Paul Paul Blay, and that time we had our heroes, and we had kind of the music that we kind of wanted to go for, you know, sure. which was very open way of playing stamp music, 
the standard. But after I left, uh, so I had those those ideas like, okay, if I'm gonna play jazz, I wanna play like open, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, like really kind of not not this standard swing, uh, you know, uh, traditional way, uh, you know, but more open way. But then after I left uh, Berkeley, I couldn't find those. I couldn't find you know pianists like you, of course. Um, so whenever I tried to play music, I had to change uh, 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 the you know the 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 goal of what I wanted to do with the music, you know. And then that was not jazz was not very strong in Colombia, for example. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So it was very hard to actually try to even try to play like that, you know. So I I stayed I stayed basically. Um, strictly on like more like a latin music learning about that and and concentrated on that so i you know i never really played jazz and then even when i came back to miami well miami had you know good some good schools yeah. you know but the schools you know like you right. try you, you know i i was i started working in in this hotel every weekend you know playing a, in a jazz trio but we i couldn't play like that because it's 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 in a restaurant you know yeah. it's it's right. in a hotel <laughs> You can't. I mean, we almost got fired the way we we are playing in Macon, Georgia. <laughs> anyway, so it took me a long time for me to actually find a person. But then, I couldn't find it. That's the whole point. I couldn't find. Okay, I cannot find somebody in Miami. I don't know why, but like to play like that, play the way that I wanted to play that music. You know, yeah. so. That's when I decided to come to New York, I think. Yeah. So it took me a really long time to really make this decision to come back to New York and then to really learn about uh, how to play jazz the way, you know, I wanted to play, which, yeah. you know, which is what we did, but yeah, I had to put trying. it off. We're still trying, you know. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. I mean, that yeah. would never... That will never end, but yeah, sure. but uh, New York. So when was it that you came back to New York? Do you know remember what year it was in particular? Yeah, it's the ninety one. So I left Berkeley. What we left Berkeley like eighty three. I left in eighty two. I only went one semester to Berkeley. Yeah, yeah. Eighty two, and then right, right. I think the next year was when you left, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, we were we were in Macon and yeah, right, sure. that area, right. and then yeah. So so yeah, it took me almost what ten years. Yeah. Close to ten years, like to make that decision, you know. Yeah, that's great, and you've been there ever since. Yeah, yeah, and you've right. done lots of great stuff. I know. Well, thanks to yeah, I mean that's one of the good thing about the New York. There's like there's tons of musicians. Yeah, <laughs> too many. Yeah, and, yeah, right. Well, yeah. but I mean the greatness. I mean, you look, you know, you, you, you I don't need to, you know. Yeah, it's the variety, so many different styles of music, exactly. styles, everybody from all over the world, right? I mean, the greatest. All in all levels, like jazz, all levels of jazz musicians from, you know, this for this style and all levels of, of ability and in, in that style and in this style and all levels, right? Exactly. It's, whole, it's it's huge, right? Yeah. So I'm interested to know. Um, I, I mean, just to I'm interested to know what you like. Some of your most interesting experiences that you've had playing with musicians in New York. Like, tell me if you can some. 
like who did you and who do you enjoy most playing with and, and why? And tell me about some of the people that you've worked with. If you, if you have something interesting to say, like, I know you worked with Ray Barreto, for example. I mean, he's a big name in the Latin world. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not asking about that specifically, but I mean, like, right, right. What, you know, um, well, yeah, well, it's hard to kind of make a difference between what was my favorite yeah. project and then, you know, the experience. I think all the experience is equally yeah. valid to me because I never really, well, I mean, when I first play with Ray, I knew he who he was and I knew like, you know, wow, it's like, you know, it's like a history, you know, like I'm going to be playing these people who I only heard in, in recordings. And so things like that happens in New York, you know, you, you, you meet, I think like first gig I did in New York, um, it was a club called Bradley's, yeah. which, which kind of closed, you know, soon after I, I, I got there, but that was like after after like that was like after our bar for all the jazz masters. I mean, like it was ridiculous. Like Kenny Barron was at there, like after midnight. Like all these people, like Randy Brecker. I mean, I, you know, I I don't remember exactly like how many. I mean, basically everybody was there. So if you are playing in those clubs, they are watching you. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're like hanging out in the back drinking, but you know, it's like we, we have to play, like <laughs> we have to play right. in front of. So that was kind of very traumatizing experience. <laughs> yeah. <I bet>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the kind of experience that I remember. Like yeah. it's like okay, you are like you are there, like you are playing in New York City. You you kind of have to be ready, right? Like any time. Because you never know who who is listening to you, right? Because that's how we get work. Sure, absolutely. You know, they need to hear you. You yeah. know, they need to hear you, and then they need to say, "Ah, okay, that might be a right, you know, person for my next project or next sure. band or whatever." So those are the things that happens, and then those are all great experiences. I mean, you know, I don't need to tell every one of them, but sure, of that's how things happens like I play with these people and people and people. but the thing is uh, after all these years now I, I have a very different perspective to of, of that that um, if you if you are you know I was just a kind of sideman excited to play with anybody who will hire me or who were great, you know, like, as, you know, it didn't matter who they are or what sure. I did. It, it didn't actually really matter what kind of music. Sure. Sure. You know, as long as the music is high quality, yeah, I would love experience, whatever experience that is. Right. Exactly. Right. On the other hand, you know, there are musicians who are very, very strong on what they or what they want to do yeah. from the beginning. Yes. I know musicians who never took any, any gig. He, they worked, in part-time job somewhere else or they took another job other than music but they kept doing their music yes they didn't care about playing with other people they care about their own music right which is to me also very strong yeah. uh, musician you know it's like 
you don't deviate from what you want to, you know, ex they know exactly, right. you know, this is the music I want to do. This is how I want to, I want to do it. Right. And then I'm going to do it, you know? So it's a very different experience, uh, uh, in, in, in how we approach, you know, our life as a musician, you know? Absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. And so in all that, after all these years of me trying and then just, you know, playing with all these people, now I come to realize, come back to your, your question, what was the, my favorite? I, I don't have a favorite, but what's important? Yes. Right. What was the important project and why? And thinking about that is very important for me at this point in my life to go to the next because I'm I'm done doing um, my curiosity is of, of course still there but my curiosity is not towards new music yes you know it's about how do I find you know myself yes. you know like like those people I mentioned like they never deviated from what they wanted to do, to do because they knew exactly what kind of music they wanted to do you know what kind of sounds they wanted to produce. So now I'm interested in that. So it's kind of more introverted. Yes. You know, my my attention is not towards outside, mm -hmm. but the, my antenna is like towards inside. Like why? You know why? I, so, okay, great. I learned all this music. I play with all these people, but what? You know, but what now? Yes. You know, and that is a, my own question for the next step. Yes. Like, what do I do now? You know, what do I need to do? And what, what I need to, uh, what path I need to follow, you know, to be better, you know, to be better at what I, you know, what I do, you know. So I've been doing a lot of thinking and, and you know, I still, you know, keep playing with all these uh, musicians. But my uh, important moments are at those moments, you know. Those moments are not on the gig. Those, those moments are not on a festival in front of 2,000 people. Sure. But those are the moments in the rehearsal rooms. You know, when you work with some music and then you realize, like, my God, you learned something. Yes. You know, whatever the music is, you know? Yes. And those I are the moments. Yeah, those are the moments I think I cherish the most. And then those are the my preferred moment in New York because it, this, this city gives you tons of that uh, opportunity to be in a rehearsal room. Basically, my life is basically a rehearsal, going from one rehearsal to, to the other, you know? And yeah, do a gig, do a tour, do a concert, but the rehearsals are everyday, uh, you know, thing. And then, you know, you work with different projects, you work with different composers, Everybody's different. Everybody's, you know, motivation is different. Everybody's idea is different. The concept is different. The band formulation is different, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and now this was a new generation and then all this, uh, you know, variety of musical influences in the city. You basically do this, you know, hybrid project, you know, Combining the contemporary classical music to jazz to world music to funk to rock to I mean you name it you know you just have everything in it every language every smell every taste is in this uh, a project so you know when you're working on this project you know 
I mean, not all the time, of course, but you you know you learn to deal with these uh, uh, materials, mm-hmm. and then that's when you have to decide what do you want to do with this. What do you want to do with these materials? You know, I know this, I know this, I know how to play this, this, but it's you know, it's like, who are you? You know, yeah. what's the sound that you're gonna bring into the table, into the project, into these materials? And that becomes kind of uh, 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 important for me, you know. You know, you know. I, I go back a little bit. Uh, you know, like when you go to a project, like the composer might say, uh, "Can you play Brazilian here, or can you swing here, or this is a funk section, or this is the rock section, you know, or this is like a little uh, uh, tango, a uh, little tango here, you know." But those are the very first levels of kind of uh, uh, interpretation of the music, right? But then after that, like, okay, you do all this, it's like a chameleon, right? You just, like, change it from the section to section. But how are you going to make it musical? You know? Yes. It's like, it's like putting a soup, like everything that you can find into mm-hmm. one soup. It's not going to taste good. Yeah. You know, you have to have a particular concept, you know, why are you uh, mixing all these in, in ingredients, you know? And then that is up to you as a performer, you know? If, you know, uh, you know, if if the composer is open enough to let you, you know, let, let you say that, I don't think that's going to work here. I think this might be better, you know? You interact with them. Yes. You know, yes, you right. give the op- opinion of, you know, I think, and then maybe you can say, well, I don't feel comfortable playing in, you know, this to that. So how about this? You know, this will be my way of, you know, transitioning from one section to the other or something like that. You know, yeah, yeah. just basically you give your yourself, you give your opinion based on your experience and based on. So when you do that, you know, what is that music that comes out of you, you know? I think that is really important part for me, to me. Like, without, 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 um, um, just mimicking all these uh, tools, or yes. just, you know, just putting out just the tools as a tool, but you have to digest it inside of you and then bring it out, you know? So what comes out is very unique on your own. Yes. It's and personal. It's your personal it's, experience. It's it's very personal. Yeah. I mean, we all talk about, you know, we all talk about the sound of who and who, right? Like you talk about sound of Miles, sound of Coltrane, sound of, you know. Right. And then we know, we know that we are looking for a sound, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, oh, that guy got sound, you know, like... The, the jazz is, is really big on that, like, yeah, like you sure. know, yeah. and then it's like you gotta have your own sound, you know. Yeah. But what does that mean? You know, yeah. we have to think about it. Yeah. And how how do we get to? I mean, how how do we achieve that to have your own sound? Yeah, yeah. And that take that took me a very very long time because as as long as I was looking outside, yeah. like collecting all these data, informations, all these things, you know, 
it's just accumulation of the informations. Right. That's all, you know. I never really had to digest into, you know, my own. Yeah, but don't you think the process of gathering that information, I mean, in a way, once you gather it, you start right away to digest it. I mean, it's not that you just all of a sudden one day you go, okay, now I'm going to take all this information and you make this decision and say, now I'm going to, now all this information I've got, now I'm going to do my own thing with it. I mean, you gradually learn that you gather this experience and information and it all, it all work, you work with it as you go, right? I mean, you gather yeah. this information and you're working, I mean, you're, you're sort of taking it in and digesting it at the same time. So as you go along, you're developing these these things that you're talking about. But I think maybe what happens is you get more clarity about what it is that you're searching for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that no, sense. that's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. I think we all start by mimicking. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, what, what we call in jazz uh, licks, right? Yeah, right, right. We learn the licks. Right, right. But then eventually you have to take it onto your own and you, you cannot just playing the same licks over and over, which, you know, sure. many jazz musicians do. Yeah, sure. Right. But that is one of the things like it's really up to the state of mind of the performer to decide sure. how you digest these informations. Right. You know, sure. it's not, it, I don't think it, it does comes automatically. No. It's a conscious, I think it is a conscious effort. Mm -hmm. You really have to, to think towards that. Like, you know, I mean, not not like you know how you're gonna create your own sound. I mean, that's a very big step. Sure, sure. You know, but it's like one material. You get the one material, and then you can think about how can I approach this. You know, how can I interpret that is very uh, that is uh, different from you know even like a composer's intention. That's right. why it's kind of interesting to work with a composer because you know if the composer is again if, if the composer is open enough, you know we can discuss about it. Right, right. And then you can actually digest in a way that, you know, that, that happens exactly what you said about, you know, you take the material and you make it on your own right. and then to the outcome, you know, your that own, could happen. Your own voice, you're expressing your own voice, even if it's someone else's music, you're expressing your own, you're expressing your own exactly. voice. Exactly. If you're allowed, if you are, if you have those experiences where you have, you know, you're not confined by the by the composer saying, "No, do it my way." And you can. Right. They're giving you some freedom to right, right. add your your own voice to the music. I think right. that's what makes some of that music really powerful. Right, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, of course, it doesn't happen all the time. I mean, yeah, yeah there sure. are there are composers. No, no, I want the Brazilian rhythm right here. I yeah. don't want anything else. You know. So you know, you got to work with you know. Yeah. That's interesting what, uh, that you've said that. I mean, I didn't, I, I really didn't realize um, that that was what a lot of what you were involved in. So I'm, I'm glad to have this uh, conversation about that with you. Yeah. So I'd like to ask you about your own projects. Mm -hmm. I know that you do your own project. I'm, for example, well, I know, actually, I was going to ask you about the project that you just did with the Korean musicians, because I think mm -hmm. that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. But I also would like to know about your own projects. Like I know that you and Shoko have some projects that you do together. I heard you play at, um, at that, um, I can't remember the name of the place, but I heard you do a live stream. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, whatever your, what are your own projects that you're interested in? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so uh, me and my wife, Shoko, Shoko is a, also a uh, great pianist, uh, improviser. So we've been all working for, you know, we've been together for about 20 years, and we started developing this kind of duo project, you know, besides from all the, the gigs that we do 
but we want to kind of create um, our own music. And uh, Shoko is a really, you know, great composer. So we started just kind of doing uh, many um, um, experimental stuff. Um, like the beginning, I was only using like a laptop and I was processing the piano sound that Shoko plays. So basically, it was kind of like a real-time uh audio processing uh, experimentation, you know, improvisation. And then we did that for a while and then we started incorporating other instruments and then now, you know, we, we basically use um, uh, um, piano, acoustic piano and then regular drums, just like kind of like a jazz instruments. But we have a lot of other instruments around so we have uh, different textures, you know, within the composition. And that is very important for me it's like each project or each composition that Shoko writes we really sit down and talk about okay what sounds will would be right for for this and so it's a, always a process of kind of come up with the sound that it's unique to us you know i mean something that sometimes it's very electronic sometimes very uh contemporary uh classical sometimes it's completely improvised um you know, like avant-garde sounding things, or sometimes like music is really sweet, you know, like very uh, minimalist yeah. uh, uh, music. So we take all, all the information that we know and we learned in our own experience and, you know, bring into this this project. I mean, that's the whole concept. Like, what can we create? What can we... Um, uh, how can we actually, you know, bring all the stuff that we learn into this music and then, you know, create a new music. So that is one of my main projects, mine and Shoko's. And we just, uh, we just went, to, we don't really go to recording studio, but in 20 years, I think we only went twice. And then it happens a couple months ago. We did, we did a, you know, since the pandemic, we had a lot of time to prepare. So after the, uh, not after the pandemic, but uh, recently we went into actually a studio for two days and then recorded the materials that we accumulated, you know. Yeah, we are just still editing thing, but we do it kind of as a, documentation i think because we don't have any you know labels or things like that yes. but just to document our work and in a way that you know uh it can it can you know last a long time so yeah so that's that's one of my main uh, main uh, project and then you know each of us do a different project you know uh on our own like uh you know i work with Korean music, like as you said, recently I I, I um, started working with the Korean musicians. Um, Korean music was um, interesting in a way that I had no intention of learning. It's not like you know, it was not like like Arabic or, or you know, like all the music I said. Like I I was very curious and learned. Korean music, I was never, I, I never had an interest, you know, and because that's like, you know, I didn't want to learn another music now, you know, I wanted to focus on something else, but it kind of like happened by accident that I, uh, 
I was invited to perform in, in, in Korea with uh, a traditional Korean music musicians who wanted to do improvisation, you know? So I had a long uh, association with those people. So it was one of those concerts, and I was in Seoul and uh, invited to a house of this master singer. Um, anyway, there was a little drum in his his house, and he said, like, this is uh, uh, my teaching house, you know, this is where the student comes, and, you know, he teaches singing, you know, and there's one drum. So, like, I, you know, I never seen this drum He's, but he said, "Okay, this is this is the drum I use to teach." Yeah. And then he sat there, and he did this, and then he hit one note, and that just shocked me to the core. Wow. The sound that he produced. Wow. Anyway, I don't go into deeper than that. But anyway, yeah. that's when I said. I have to learn about the Korean music. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Oh my god! Like, how how does a human being produce that kind of sound?" Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I I kind of realized, like, my god, as a musician, you know, if I don't learn how to produce that sound, yeah, nothing will mean anything to me. You know. Right. It, it got to the point like that. It's like, oh my! I mean, w whether this is because of Korean music or it's this the my the the, the mastery of this the, person the person that you're involved with. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think you know it 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 it, it maybe it didn't matter if it was a Korean music or you know maybe I could have met some masters that who produce like incredible sound like changes right. your life, you know. Right, right, right. But then again, going back to that, it's like that kind of you know. You know, particular moment in your life and particular yeah. interest, like you know, what do you want to learn? You know, what do, what do you want to do with your music? Right. You know, what are you gonna do next step? So that that was that experience gave me that next step. You know, so I've been searching for that that sound. You know, yeah. that's great that you've had that experience. That's, yeah. that's I mean, that's a powerful and beautiful and moving thing. Yeah. I think everyone that's everyone, whether they realize it or not, is probably searching for that kind of experience. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I have a similar experience. It doesn't have to do with music, but it had to do with meeting a teacher that that I had a powerful resonance with. You know, yeah. And, um, it, you know, it again, it, you're, like you said, it's it can be life changing. You know, yeah. You know, Miles talked about that. He said when the, I think it was a Billy Eckstein's band came through where he lived, mm -hmm. St. Louis, I think it was. And he said he heard them for the first time. And he, he said that sound went up in my body, you know. <laughs> and uh, when that, when you have that kind yeah. of experience, something like that that t touches you so deeply, you it helps yeah. the direction, right? Yeah, yeah. I met a lot of people who knew Coltrane. Yeah. And they, they all say the same thing. Yeah. It's yeah. that sound that just get in into your soul right oh it never leaves like you know right. it just stays there right you know and it's just so powerful that you be looking for searching for that for the rest of your life you know right. yeah that's that's beautiful man well i look forward to hearing some of these projects 
Yeah. How can I, how can I find out more about it? How can I find you? Do you have a website? Is there a way we can find you to <laughs> see you online or? I'm like nowhere. <laughs> That's good. I mean, it's everywhere like I, and nowhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't do any social media. I don't. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Well, it's because I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, there's so many reasons, but uh, Shoko has a website and Shoko, uh, has, a um, uh, Facebook. Sometimes she, you know, posts things that we do and, also, I mean, you can totally find right now. Anybody can find anybody's, sure. you know, doing. So, if anybody's who is really interested, in, I mean, you know, you can contact me directly, or you know, okay. by email. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Well, I mean, I, I won't share any of your uh, personal information, of course. But if someone uh, wanted to reach out to you, would it be okay to share your email? Of course, yeah, yeah, of course. Email is nothing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And um, I mean, do you have any? Do you have any recordings of yourself that you that are out there available that you would like to recommend to people or suggest that? Like, I like this particular recording, or I mean, you don't have to say that either if you don't feel like you want to do that. But if you have something that you'd like to share with us, then that would be. Mm, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's. I mean, um, yeah. If we find something, we can always post it in the show notes to the podcast episode. You know. Yeah, yeah. But we don't have to. You don't have to say anything about it now, necessarily. Yeah. If you think of something. Uh, a project that I do in, in New York now, it's like I don't know who is actually produce, who is releasing the CD or not. You know, they oh, yeah. always right. a lot of projects are kind of self, self, um, yeah, sure. produced. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if these leaders, composers, they have a uh, an album. Um, the late, the late, bef just before the pandemic, I did something with Joshua Redman's oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, new yeah. project. Yeah, with a Brooklyn writer. That's a string yeah. quartet. Yeah, Joshua. Yeah. yeah, Scott Cauley. Yeah. And so that's kind of like, I don't know if it came out or maybe. It yeah, it, it did because I have a copy of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had something with Frank, but, yeah. uh, you know. Well, we you did. do actually. You're on. Um, you're on um, Marianne's album with Frank. album. Yeah, yeah. That's right. that. I think that was. We did something else, but I. I'm not sure if it came out. So you know, it's always like that. You know. Yeah. Because right, right. it's not. You know, we are not working with the. You know, the big stars here, so you don't really get to. Sometimes you don't know like what yeah. you know if it's coming out. I mean, they always say like you know, yeah, it's gonna be on the CD, but. Probably like maybe just streaming only or things like that. Yeah. We can find. Well, Satoshi, this has been really great um, talking oh, with you. Thank uh, you, thank uh, you for having me. And I'm so yeah, I'm sorry it was not about the particularly about jazz, but no, you know, no, no. I, I want to hear. I want to hear about <laughs> what you do and what you're involved. That's what this is about, you know. Yeah, good. Um, it's not just strictly about jazz. It's I want to hear about people's experience. You know, great. I'm, I'm probably going to interview some other other people who don't have really anything to do with jazz, you know? Great. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Um, in fact, I just interviewed a friend of mine. I'll just mention this quickly. His name's Ron Freeze, 87 years old. Mm. We're talking about your experience in New York. He was in New York in 1955, 56, and he was saying wow. the same things. I used to play in this musician's bar, and that's how I got gigs, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's part of the tradition, you know?
Right. Wow. Anyway, I really appreciate your being here. And, yeah, thank uh, you. Thank you for uh, having we me. We get to play some music again sometimes. Yeah. Way too long. We will. Yeah. Thank But, uh, you, Keith. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Thanks for checking out Notes on Jazz. If you want to communicate with me, I offer free consultations. Just check the podcast notes for a link. You can also find a link to my website for CDs, downloads, and videos. See you next time at Notes on Jazz. Thank you.